0: God, to pray for those who are sleeping in the street, Lord God, to pray for those who are, who have nothing to eat, my only father, Lord, to pray for those, my God, who are still fighting for their lives, Lord God. Oh, Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, that you stretch out your harms, your harms your arms to those people right now, Lord Jesus. Father, we ask you that you be with them, my heavenly Father, Lord. We ask you that you be with those that are heartbroken right now, Lord God. Oh, Lord, you let us know in your Bible, Father. You say, let us be still, Lord God, and you you will let us know that you are God, Father. So Lord God, we ask you that you help those people follow be still and let them know that you are God, Father, Lord. In times of in horrible times, my we Lord. In time of need, Lord God, let them be still, Lord God, that you are let them know that you are God. Follow. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you just help those follow those families, my God, that do not know, follow. If they, if they if people are still alive, my only follow. Let those follow that just looking for their family, my only follow. Help, help them follow to find peace, Lord God. And those follow that just need you right now, Lord God. We just ask you, Lord God, that you just be with them, my God. Follow. We know, Lord. We do not know, my heavenly Father, why you do these things, Lord God. But, Lord, we know, Father, you have a reason, my God. Even though it may not look right to us, Lord God, but to your eyes, Lord God, it's right. Father, we know that right now, Father, we do not see the result, Lord God. But 10, 20 years from now, Lord God, we shall see the light, Lord God. Father, Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, just to keep a monster, by your force, by your courage, Papa, for say, Papa, Papa, Lord, help those people, Lord God, help them, my God. Oh, Lord, there's a saying, Father, Lord, it's a Haitian saying, it says, Father, you to Papa. Lord God, help us, Father, to understand that, Lord God, even though it may be hard, Father, Lord. Help us to still understand that, Lord God. Father, we ask you that you soften their hearts, Lord God. Those that are walking away from you, Lord God, right now, Lord Jesus, because of this instant, Lord God. Father, Lord, we ask you that you help them, Father, to come back to their first love, Lord God. Help them, Father, to find you, Father. Help them to find comfort in you, Lord God. Help them to be. Help them, Father, to come to you right now, Lord Jesus. Because, Father, we need to put our heads together, my God, to know, Father, that you are God, Lord Jesus. Father, we do not praise you, Father, because we are good, Oh, we better than those people my god but lord we know father we are just seeking you my god Lord, if this then happened to us here lord god in massachusetts my god Lord, we should be thankful my god even though it happened to hate you lord god oh lord you have a reason father you have a reason lord god father we praise you lord god not because we are good father but we praise you in your precious son jesus christ amen
1: In December I had the privilege of preaching on a Sunday morning from Isaiah 43:1-7. In the passage God is addressing the Israelites' greatest fear. Their greatest fear being that God is abandoning them. They felt this for a few reasons, but today I want to focus on God's response to the Israelite's fear, which we find in the first few verses of chapter 43. the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Syria in exchange for you because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The word of the Lord. God was reminding them, encouraging and comforting them, that no matter what you think or feel, no matter what others may say, no matter what you have done in the past, No matter the way things may appear, I am with you. Do not fear. You are precious in my sight, and I love you. Yet, I don't think it is possible for any of us not to question, at least momentarily, on whether God was in Haiti on January twelfth, two 2010. Was God there in the days that followed as people were trapped, buried alive? Who would eventually die two days, three days, maybe a week later? Trapped, probably terrified. And yet we are to believe that we are precious in his sight. The 121st Psalm kept coming to my mind as I began preparing last week for this message today. Yet I even question how Psalm 121 can be an appropriate psalm for the day. The psalmist writes, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who slumbers, he who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you. You're going out and you're coming in from this time on and forevermore. Have we seen much of that in the endless images and news footages we have watched? How are the people of Haiti supposed to lift up their eyes into the hills to the God who watches over them when they're digging through rubble to find their loved ones that are buried? We read, he will not let your foot be moved, yet people can barely keep their footing climbing over the rubble or when the over 50 aftershocks come. Yet we are to believe that our help comes from the Lord. At times like this, we want answers from God as to why. That is, if we have not lost our faith in God altogether. We can search articles, books, and blogs looking for an answer as to why and where were you, God? Where are you, God? For the reporters tell us that it is possible the death toll could double in the next few weeks from injuries, infections, and disease. Where are you in the midst of that, Lord? These injuries, infections, and disease, most of which could be prevented if we get them proper supplies in time. If we respond, lives will be saved. Maybe some of the articles or books you have read have been helpful. While living in New York after 9-11, I went searching for hope and insight from many sources. And though some may have been insightful at best, they all fall short of offering any kind of hope that is worth hanging on to. And then I turn to the scriptures, to the Bible. I read through the Gospels to discover that at no point does Jesus give a definitive answer or explanation as to why such horrific suffering and evil has to take place. At no point does Jesus explain in detail why innocent suffering continues to take place. I learned, however, that instead of explaining suffering and evil, that God, through his son Jesus Christ, enters into the very center of suffering. Jesus, the son of God, came to enter into the very center of our pain. Jesus, the Messiah, enters to the center of all that is, all that is broken. And he enters in to redeem it. So now there will be no suffering that is, that is in vain, though we may not always understand it. There is no pain that cannot be healed, though we will not see the fullness of those healings this side of heaven. There is no life that is beyond God's redemption. There is no one that is abandoned, because the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit is present even beneath collapsed schools and children's hospitals. We just cannot fully recognize it, see it, or comprehend it. The passage that I read earlier applies today. Again, the Israelites were afraid that God had abandoned them, and he reminds them, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. He tells them, you are mine. I have redeemed you. I am your Savior. And this passage from the Hebrew Scriptures, from the Old Testament, points across the centuries to the cross of Jesus Christ, where God is no longer just the Savior of the Israelites, but Savior to us all. And it is at the cross of Jesus Christ we see in its fullness a God who suffers with us. God does not stand at a distance and observe what we are going through. He enters into the core of our pain and suffering. We see a God who suffers with us. What Christ suffered and took upon himself for us is beyond our understanding. As he took upon himself the sin and evil of this world and paid the price for the purpose of redeeming the world. We can see on the cross how Jesus identifies us as he cries out himself, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus understands our pain and doubt and our suffering. Jesus became and continues to be with us. We know this because of Easter Sunday God answers Jesus question of have you forsaken me. God answers that question by demonstrating his power over death, demonstrating his power over evil, his power even over the most horrific of deaths. God demonstrates that power by raising Jesus from the dead. Yes, God is with us. And it is in him We must place our hope. There will still be suffering and pain and sorrow until Christ returns and his kingdom is completed. But we know that God is with us. And we have our hope in Christ that when he returns, all that is wrong in this world will be made right. There will be no more injustices like Haiti not having enough food and water even before the earthquake. No more pain, suffering, sin, no more death. While we wait for the completion of God's kingdom when Christ returns, we live in a hopeful expectation, recognizing and believing that God is with us and all of what we suffer will soon come to pass. The Apostle Paul beautifully articulates this hope in Romans eight thirty-seven to 39. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open to the glimpses of the beauty of God's kingdom even now. We see glimpses of God's kingdom in the overwhelming response from around the world. In my opinion, one of the most beautiful glimpses of the kingdom of God, be it ever so brief, was in the rescue of a seven-year-old little boy named Kiki. Kiki was buried alive with his sister for eight days when rescuers from all over the world finally pulled him out from death to life. As Kiki emerged from the darkness, this picture was taken. We witnessed Kiki's victorious triumph over death with his hands lifted toward heaven, proclaiming that his life had been saved. Yet look a little closer, and there are other signs of God's kingdom. Rescue workers from all over the world, from different cultures, speaking different languages, working together to save a life. That is a glimpse of what God's kingdom is to look like. The fact of the matter is that the beautiful and strong people of Haiti have done more for us in these last two weeks than we can ever begin to comprehend or understand. Perhaps the lay theologian said it best when Beyonce Friday night sang, And everywhere we're looking, now we're surrounded by your embrace. Haiti, we can see your halo. You know you're our saving grace. You're everything we need and more. It's written all over your face. Haiti, we can feel your halo. We pray it won't fade away. May we not just respond in these moments of crisis when the whole world is watching. God calls us to make it a way of life. May it not fade away. Haiti is no longer the lead story in the American press. Donations have started to decline, even though more challenging days are ahead for the people of Haiti. To begin with, there is a shortage of food and clean drinking water. We must continue to remember the people of Haiti in our prayers. On the days when they may be too tired and broken to pray, too exhausted, may we, on their behalf, lift our eyes into the hills and be their prayers for them. Let us sacrificially give and respond throughout the semester and in years to come. We have a responsibility not just for the people of Haiti, but wherever there is one in need, regardless if there is media coverage and concerts and fundraisers or not. And usually there is not. Let us sacrificially care for others and enter into their pain and suffering in the same way that Jesus Christ did for us. The Apostle Paul articulates it best. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: I Thank yeah. you.
1: seven, please. This morning, we will be concluding our service by taking an offering that will go to a Haiti water project. Um, A donor has agreed to match a dollar for dollar up to $1,000, so if we can get $1,000, that gift will turn into $2,000, and that will go towards providing clean water wells in Haiti. You may remember that last year we raised enough money for three wells and all three wells have not been able to be checked yet by um, the Church of the Nazarene, who we um, donated the money to, but one of them has, and it is still functioning and providing clean water to that community, so we give God praise for that. Um, there will be numerous opportunities, I hope. I hope different groups and organizations uh, do fundraisers throughout the semester, um, and I know you'll be giving possibly to different organizations and churches. You're more than welcome to continue to donate to the Haiti Water Project, And I can assure you that 100% of the funds will be going towards the project. Because in the Church of the Nazarene, all local churches make mission payments uh, throughout the year. Those mission payments go towards the administration and towards paying missionary salaries so missionaries don't need to raise funds and support. So at times of crisis like this, none of the money that is received in a disaster response situation has to go towards administrative costs. Those are already covered. So 100% of the gift will be going towards the Haiti Water Project. Uh, The Church of the Nazarene is one of the largest denominations in Haiti. We have close to 120,000 Nazarenes, over 500 churches. Um, Shortly before the earthquake struck, one of our general superintendents, one of the highest-ranking offices in the Church of the Nazarene, was there. And the Church has uh, helped all of us, uh, the Church of the Nazarene on this region, by making contributions not only to missionaries but also to this college. And this is a way that we can give back to the local churches as they seek to respond. On your way out, we have 100 giant Ziploc bags that are empty. Um, These are called crisis care kits. And in them, there'll be a list of things to put in, toothpaste and toothbrush and bandages and tissues and washcloths, a a little stuffed animal and soap and shampoo, daily essential items. Uh, We have a warehouse at a church, uh, I think it's in Pennsylvania, where the former youth pastor, Jonathan Batchelder, has gone to pastor. And uh, that warehouse is now empty because they immediately sent all the crisis care kits to Haiti. So the New England district and districts in this northeast region are collecting crisis care kits on February 2nd. You just fill a list with these, with these items and put $2 in the bag, and uh, we will join with the local churches around this region to get these on the ground, and once the warehouse is filled, which they think should not be too long at all, they will immediately deliver these to Haiti. So that's one way to give if you cannot give today in this offering. I'd like to show uh, the video not to promote uh, the church in the Nazarene in any way, but uh, since we do have such a large uh, representation there, uh, we have a lot of loved ones there, and we have a lot of students from ADU whose family members and friends are members of churches there and other churches, not just Nazarene. I think it's appropriate uh, for us to show this video uh, that came from General Superintendent Warwick a day, uh, a day or two after, after the earthquake. At the conclusion of this video, I'm going to ask the ushers to come to take the offering, and Vern Wesley will come into our offertory.
3: So severe. I was sitting at my computer and it felt as though a truck had run into the house, and the initial jolt pushed me away from the desk. Then um, the house just began to heave and roll. Uh, later in the night, we drove out into uh, Patientville, which is a suburb of Port au Prince. It was driving around. Um, driving around through the city that we began to understand the widespread damage in the area. Um, large buildings collapsed, homes destroyed, but we drove by these uh, a children's hospitals um, and hundreds of people outside and just one Backhoe trying to move debris and, uh, no, no professional search and rescue. And then through the day as we drove, there were uh, bodies alongside the streets, people going by lifting the sheep. And you, you just knew they were wanting to know if that was their mother or father or brother or sister or child. Uh, the grief. Of the people, and, and you you don't see something like that without it, without it, uh, without it having a great impact on on your own heart, mind, and spirit. You know, our people in Haiti are so strong, and they're so good. Our people have uh, gathered together; they're banding together. They were out checking on their friends and, uh, trying to get information about the churches. We have, uh, we have over 500 churches in Haiti and we have close to 120,000 Nazarenes there. We have a strong district leadership, good quality district leadership across the country. We have capable Haitians, uh, giving oversight to our work. The very best response right now, obviously, is to fervently pray for the people of Haiti. Uh, not just our Nazarene people, but for the people, for the leaders. To pray for those initial responders, people who will be doing search and rescue, putting their lives at risk to uh, save people that they don't know. Uh, so, so pray for them, for their protection. And secondly... Nazarenes around the world can give. Right now, more than more than needing people to, to go to Haiti, even if people get there, there's no place to go, there's no place to stay, there's no food to eat. Um, so it it just doesn't make sense to go. But we can give money, and we have some medical teams that are going in uh, in partnership with Nazarene Compassion Ministries, and they'll be positioning themselves on the seminary grounds. We have two buildings that were going to make available to them, so we have initial qualified responders going in, but pray and give and be ready uh, to serve, to go, to uh, give ourselves when the time is right and when the word is given. It's important for us to make certain that we get the relief to the country of Haiti and for Nazarenes, not, not only to focus on our, our people, but all the people in Haiti. And, and I know that our Nazarene people around the world would do that. I'm already hearing that churches in India and Singapore and Mexico are raising offerings and uh, preparing to send the money to Nazarene Compassion Ministries so they can be a part of this wonderful response of the people of God around the world.
2: <clears throat> when my way grows near, precious Lord, linger near. When my life E Take my hand. Oh, Lord, lead me on to the light. Won't you take my hand, precious Lord? Won't you take our hand, precious Lord? Won't you take their hand, precious Lord, and lead?
1: Will you please stand for the benediction? Now may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that you may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Go in peace to love God and serve others.